Hello, friends. I am Pastor Alan Rosenau, and I wish you all a very happy Mother's Day. If you had asked me six months ago if I thought I would be preaching a Mother's Day sermon from my own kitchen table, well, we both would have had a good laugh over that one. But here we are. I have my coffee. Maybe you have yours where you are. It's a great day. Happy Mother's Day to you all. Mmm. I do like my coffee, and it reminds me of my own mom, who was the one who really got me started drinking coffee years ago. You know, I recognize that there are probably a variety of people watching this Mother's Day message today. For example, some of you are dads, and dads, I'm gonna ask you to be patient. You'll have your day about a month from now. Today is for the moms, but I know you get that. You honor and respect the moms, of course. There may also be some of you watching today for whom Mother's Day is not so pleasant for maybe a variety of reasons. And if that's the case with you, if you would ever want to talk about those matters, please know that Pastor Scott or I would be happy to make an appointment to sit down with you and talk through those issues in light of God's continuing love for you. But today is a day to honor God's gift of motherhood and to thank him for that, to recognize that we all have a mom and we are to honor our moms. Even Jesus, you know, honored his mother in a very unique way. There he was hanging on the cross. At the foot of the cross stood his mother, Mary, and his best friend, John, and Jesus commended his mother into the continuing care of his best friend going forward. Today, I want us to look at two women who are mentioned in the Bible who have a profound spiritual influence on a young man named Timothy. It was Timothy's mother and grandmother. Before we get into that, though, just a little background on this family. Timothy's mother was Jewish, as was his grandmother. Timothy's father was a Greek Gentile, and most scholars believe that Timothy's father was not a believer. The family lived in the town of Lystra. You can see the location of that town on the map. It's in the central southern portion of what was then called Asia Minor. Today it would be the country of Turkey. St. Paul, on his first missionary journey, came to the town of Lystra. No doubt he met Timothy and his family during that visit. I can well imagine that St. Paul shared with the family the full meaning of the scriptures, the understanding that the promised Messiah had indeed come in the person of Jesus, crucified, risen, and now ascended into heaven, the Savior of the world. Well, when St. Paul went on his second missionary journey, he went back to the town of Lystra and visited Timothy and his family. And during that visit, he recruited Timothy to join him and Silas and the rest of their missionary expedition team to go on a mission adventure to countries to the West. Well, Timothy did that. He joined Paul on that mission uh, expedition and proved to be a very able assistant to Paul in the effort of bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to peoples of a variety of cultures and language groups. Later on, St. Paul would appoint Timothy as his apostolic representative over the church in Ephesus on the west coast of Asia Minor. 
in that role. Timothy would appoint ministers for the various churches in that region. He would have to deal with some false teachings that were being promoted in the area, and he oversaw some administrative duties. He did that very faithfully. And during the time that Timothy was in Ephesus, St. Paul wrote him two letters, both of which are in our New Testament. And it's the second letter that I want to focus on today. Paul's second letter to Timothy was written from Rome when Paul was in a dungeon awaiting his own execution. Paul knew he was about to be put to death for his faith and for his missionary efforts. And he writes his final letter to Timothy. And in the opening verses of this letter, he acknowledges not only Timothy's faith, but the faith of his mother and his grandmother. 2 Timothy 1 verse 5 reads this way. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul acknowledges that the vibrant faith that Timothy had was something that was passed down from Grandma Lois to her daughter Eunice and from Eunice to her son Timothy. This morning, as we consider the faith of Lois and Eunice and Timothy, I want you to consider two gifts that Grandma Lois and Mother Eunice gave to young Timothy and two gifts that I encourage you moms and dads to pass along to your children as well. The first gift that Grandma Lois and Mother Eunice gave to Timothy was the gift of spiritual roots. Just consider for a moment the importance of a root system for a tree. Roots take up the water and nutrients from the soil into the tree itself that it might be strengthened and nourished and enabled to grow and eventually produce fruit, if it's a fruit tree, for example. That same root system provides that tree some stability, especially when the winds of storm come blowing its way. Well, moms and dads, I challenge you to give your children the gift of spiritual roots because storms are going to come your children's way, whether they're children or teenagers, young adults or older adults, they're going to experience storms in life and they need spiritual roots. So how do you do that? Well, a couple of thoughts about giving your children spiritual roots. First of all, live out your faith in their presence. Let your children see that your faith is important to you. You see, spiritual values are as much caught as they are taught. And so let your children catch the spiritual values that are important to you as they observe you, for example, taking time to pray, taking time to read the Bible and, and have private devotion time. Let your children see that worshiping God is important to you. And let them see you practice unconditional love. Love for your spouse, if you have a spouse. Love for your children. You see, when your children mess up, when they're naughty, when they disobey, they get in trouble, and you have to correct them for that, it has a powerful, profound impact on them 
when you forgive them and when you show them that you love them no matter what they've done. When they see that kind of unconditional love coming from you, they begin to understand the unconditional love of God for them in Jesus Christ. So give them spiritual roots, first of all, by living out your faith. It's what Lois and Eunice did for Timothy. Their faith was very vibrant and alive. Paul acknowledges the liveliness of their faith, and Timothy picked up on that. A second way to give them spiritual roots, however, is to intentionally teach them the faith. St. Paul underscores the importance of this later on in the same letter in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Listen to what he says to Timothy about the teaching of the faith. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Clearly, Timothy learned the truths of the scriptures from his grandma Lois and his mother Eunice. They taught him the faith. Moms and dads, teach your children the faith. And how do you start with that? Well, how does a young child's faith get developed after baptism? It starts with the foundational building blocks of learning the stories from the Bible. Tell your children the Bible stories. That starts with you learning the story yourself, but then telling the stories to your children in your own language and at a level that they'll understand. You see, those basic Bible stories become the foundational building blocks upon which they will build their spiritual lives as they go forward. The, the Bible stories themselves, you see, are what start them off. And, and of course, you want to include, first and foremost, the story about Jesus, who gave his life on a cross to forgive them their sins, and that through faith in Jesus, their Savior, they know that one day they'll be in heaven. That foundational story and the other stories of the Bible are what they need to hear first so that later on they can then derive the doctrines, the more elaborate teachings of Scripture. But it all starts with those first building blocks of the stories. Teach your children the faith. It's one of the ways you give them spiritual roots. But a second gift to give to your children is the gift of wings. Wings. Consider, for example, little birdies when they just hatch out of the eggs in their nest. In those first moments of their life, they are utterly dependent upon their mommy and daddy bird. The mommies typically feed those little birds in the nest and the daddies protect the nest. But you know, the time finally comes when those little birdies need to fly on their own. And moms and dads, you need to give your little birdies, you need to give your children the gift of wings so that they can soar out into life and experience life in all of its fullness under God's blessing. If you think about it, 
Timothy's mother, Eunice, did that for him. When St. Paul came to their house and recruited Timothy to join him on his missionary journeys, Eunice didn't say, no, Paul, I'm going to keep Timothy home with me. He's my boy. He needs to stay home with his mama, and he needs to help me out here at the house. No, Eunice didn't do that. You see, she had a bigger understanding. She understood that Timothy was first and foremost God's child, and secondly, her child. And she gave him the gift of wings and let him go. And Timothy flew, he soared with his faith in wonderful ways in bringing the message of Jesus to people of foreign countries. Moms and dads, your children will be blessed when you give them the gift of wings. You know, I truly believe that the role of a parent is not to raise children. The role of a parent is to raise responsible, godly adults. And that begins very early on by giving your children responsibility and, and not getting in the way of that. Preschool children, for example, can be taught the responsibility of carrying their own preschool, preschool bag into the classroom. And they're proud to be able to do that themselves. Elementary school children can be given the responsibility, for example, of making their own lunches and carrying their own lunchbox to school and being responsible for that and being responsible, frankly, for their own homework and school projects as well. Parents, yes, even let your children fail. Don't step in and rescue them from that experience. It's how they learn. It's how they begin to soar. It's giving them the gift of wings, of being their own person, and it's preparing them for the time that they truly launch out from the nest of your home into their adult life. I'm going to close this Mother's Day message with the reading of one stanza of a famous poem by the 19th century American poet William Ross Wallace. The poem was originally entitled, What Rules the World? Later, the title was changed to, uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the Hand That Rules the World. It's the refrain that comes at the end of each of the four stanzas of this poem. If you, by the way, are interested in reading the entire poem, you can uh, find that poem in the latest e-news that went out this week. Click on the link, you can read the whole thing. But I want to read just stanza number three. It's, to direct, it's directed to mothers, especially mothers who are raising their children in the Christian faith. Stanza three reads this way. Woman, how divine your mission here upon our natal sod. Keep, oh, keep the young heart open always to the breath of God. All true trophies of the ages are from mother love impearled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Moms and dads. I encourage you to give your children what Grandma Lois and Mother Eunice gave to young Timothy. Give them the gifts of roots 
and wings. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. <laughs>